Well, hey, everybody, we've come to the end of another week. Today we are in 2 Chronicles chapter 21. And what I wrote at the top of my journal after reading this chapter, and I shouldn't be smiling or laughing because it's just, well, it's not positive. What I wrote was several words with exclamation marks after them. Tragic, sad, evil, horrible, died alone. Um, in this chapter, we read about uh, Jehoshaphat, who was this godly king, but had a weakness and a blind spot like we talked about previously. He dies, and his son, Jehoram, becomes king. He makes him king because he's the oldest. He's his firstborn. Probably wasn't the most qualified, but that's, that's normally how it works, the firstborn. And um, he was just pure evil. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Jehoram, Jehoshaphat's son, was pure evil. In chapter 21 of 2 Chronicles, look at verse 4. Now, when Jehoram had taken over the kingdom of his father and made himself secure, that means not right away, but once he really was, was certain that he had the, he, he, he had the grips of the, of the government and the military and all, he was in control. In the middle of verse 4, when, when he felt secure... He killed all his brothers, Jehoshaphat's other sons, with the sword and some of the rulers of Israel also. I mean, just horrible. Verse 6, he walked in the way of the kings of Israel, the north, Ahab and Ahaziah and Joram who worshipped the Baals, Jeroboam and all the false fake religion that they had created up there. So he walked in the ways of Israel just as, as the house of Ahab did, for Ahab's daughter was his wife. That was the verse I couldn't find yesterday, okay? I was looking in the wrong chapter. Uh, so he, apparently his father Jehoshaphat had arranged this marriage as part of that political alliance with the north, with Ahab, and, and it was just a, a bad decision Jehoshaphat made that allowed Ahab and his, his descendants to have such influence on Jehoram, more so than Jehoshaphat did. And so he, he married Ahab's daughter, that's his wife, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Now look at verse 11. And moreover, he made high places in the mountains of Judah and caused the inhabitants of Jerusalem to play the harlot and led Judah astray. In other words, he created places for the people of Jerusalem and Judea, Judah, rather Judah, to worship these pagan idols, pagan gods, Baal, like they did up north in Israel, in Samaria, which made his wife, I'm sure, very happy because that was her religion her father's religion, her brother's religion. So he was making everybody happy except God. And uh, as you read the rest of the chapter, God judges Jehoram severely. Uh, his family is taken as slaves, taken in captivity as slaves to a foreign country. He suffers an incurable disease, and his bowels, his intestines, literally protrude from his body, and he dies in agony and terrible, terrible pain. And the saddest verse may be verse 20. 
He was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years. And he departed with no one's regret. He died, he departed with no one's regret. Nobody was sad that he was dead. Wow, what a tragedy. And they buried him in the city of David, i.e. Jerusalem, but not in the tombs of the kings. They buried him, but not in the family cemetery. Nobody was sad he had died. And when they buried him, they said, we're going to bury you, but not with the kings, not with royalty. We're not going to bury you, you know, in King George Chapel down there at Windsor Castle in, you know, outside London. We're not, we're not going to bury you with the family. You're out here in some other cemetery. You're not with the family and you're not with the kings. That's how much they despised him and how happy they were when he finally died. How will people feel when you die? What will people say when you die? Uh, you know, an interesting exercise is to write your own obituary. That's right, write your own obituary. But write it twice. The first time, write it describing what you hope people say about you, that, that you wish this is what they would say about me. And then try to be honest with yourself and write it a second time. If they were truthful, what would they really say? So the first time, what, what would you really love for people to say about you? The second time, if people were truly honest, what would they really say about you? Where's the discrepancy? And what are you going to do about that discrepancy? That's the word for today. I'll see you Sunday in worship and then Monday with another devotion. God bless you, everybody.